Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course. But if you are one, it's definitely the place for you. We have a wonderful pre-Thanksgiving show for you today, folks. It's about food and movies, two of my favorite things to be thankful for. And our guest is Jane Bernard, the much-in-demand author of Am I Really Hungry? Jane has agreed to discuss her favorite eating scenes on film and movies about food with us. Plus, because of her experience with screenplays, I'm hoping she'll also talk about the challenge of writing a screenplay and where wannabe screenwriters can get help. It's my pleasure to bring our guest on now. Welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters, Jane. Thank you, Betty Jo. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it's great to have you with us today, and it's also great to have Nikki Starr and A.J. Hockery, the Mad Movie Man, here, too. Nikki will be taking care of our chat room, and A.J. is our guest host, so let's see if they're both ready to help with the show. Nikki, are all systems go in the chat room? Everybody's hungry and ready to talk about food and movies. <laughs> great. I'm sure glad to hear that, but... And speaking of being hungry, um, some of our listeners, after they hear today's episode, might be hungry for the book that Jane has written. And I've just heard from her that she's generously agreed to give away a free copy of her of her book, and I'll be giving more details about how that can be worked out in a few minutes. And um, thanks, uh, Nikki, for helping us out in the chat. And thanks to our chatters as well as our other listeners and we appreciate AJ too. AJ, are you ready to bring on your co-hosting talents today? I'm I'm ready. I'm good to go. Although I I have to admit I feel a little bit ashamed of myself because we're going to be talking about all these great movies that have all these great food scenes and all these great dishes and I had a Big Mac for lunch. So I just feel like oh. I'm totally like lowballing myself here, but I'll I'll do I'll do my best. <laughs> like you might reform after <laughs> after today's after today's episode, and we're always happy when you can can join us. And before we we start talking about the uh, food camera action uh, topic, I'd like uh, for our listeners to find out more about Jane's latest book titled "Am I Hungry?" And Jane, as you know, I'm one of your biggest fans. I've I've read your other books, uh, fine tuning the senses. Knock your block off, which is is really wonderful in terms of helping writers <clears throat> who have uh, writer's block. Oh, but this latest you. book, this you're very welcome. This latest book. Am I really I think, hungry? Yes, am I really hungry? Has it's revolutionary. It's definitely oh. a book that we should all thank you 
for. And so I want you to tell us how in the world you decided to write this terrific book. Well, thank you, Betty Jo. It's my pleasure. Um, I, I, I was actually asked to write a book about how people could use their intuition to lose weight. And when I interviewed dieters and intuitive eaters, I was shocked to learn that people who diet, um, that dieting actually disconnects us from our bodies because when you diet, you're all in your head. You think about calories and programs. So that creates lots of problems um, that lead to frustration and and rebellion in the form of binging because it's, it's human nature if you're, like, fighting with your body. But... Intuition oh, yes. and, and intuitive eaters is eating is always a direct response to physical and emotional hunger. So the result is is that when people learn to use their intuition to eat, they're not they're in sync with their bodies and they feel good about their choices. And for example, AJ, you know the fact that you had a Big Mac is great because did you enjoy it? I I enjoyed it. I rarely uh, get. Next, actually, when I uh, whenever I go to McDonald's or a fast food, I usually have a set list of like, all right, this is what I'm comfortable with, this is what I like to eat. But then I just say, uh, you know what, I haven't had a Big Mac in about a year, so what the heck? Well, you know, this is the thing. When you eat intuitively, it's very important to enjoy your food, and that's what eating is about. It's and that's one of the reasons we love watching people eat in movies. But in my, so. In my book, what I do is I I talk about the diet hot buttons that people experience as a result of being dieters, but I also introduce 10 tools that people who eat intuitively use to stay in touch with their intuition and therefore in sync with themselves and their body so their choices work for them physically and emotionally. And eating what you enjoy is an intuitive way to eat, so that's good. That's all very good. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I, when I I'm I just thought it was just a great book because it you have no forbidden foods in it, you have no calorie counting, you have no elaborate menu planning that clutter up its pages. You just give us these wonderful tools that can help us uh, eat intuitively, and so I'm definitely on the intuitive eating bandwagon. There's a plus to this too. You write such a breezy, appealing style that makes this great fun to read. So we're not only learning how to be intuitive eaters, we're we're just enjoying the book. And well, also, that's... like your other book, you can go mm-hmm. in anywhere in the book. You know, it's such a resource. You can. Oh, thank you. Just, I. It's what do you call it? Easy, uh, reader I friendly. Call it, in... it is different. Well, I call it intuitive reading. Like the way the book is set up is that you can read any chapter and just get what you need out of it. But I did have fun writing it. One of my favorite cha- I have two favorite chapters. One is the one that talks about the history of fashion and how it inter- goes with dieting. And, and, you know, when you read that, you understand why you went on a certain diet at a certain date because you were trying to fit into the fashion of the time. And um, yeah, that the- chapter, yeah. 
And the other chapter that I like is called The Lucky Ones, which is one of my favorite chapters. I, when I interviewed people who dieted, I learned that people diet because they're, they need, want to lose weight because they're hungry or, or lonesome or bored or frustrated. And uh, I also realized that they were feeling very isolated. And I believe anyone who has so much food that they need to diet is lucky because there's so much hunger in the world. So the chapter called The Lucky Ones is all URLs people can click on to feed people who are hungry in different cities all and, and different parts of the country and all over the world. I thought that was a wonderful uh, feature about it and was very uh, glad that you included that uh, mm-hmm. in your in your book and, and um I'm uh, go ahead well, my experience is with people who I work with, because I do, I work with individual clients, um, is that when people do that, um, then they no longer feel lonesome or, or bored or frustrated when they're helping other people. I have one person now who actually works with abandoned animals. And that's not even a person, but, you know, she's she's feeling productive and she's doing what she likes. And that's connecting with your intuition because your intuition is your inner guidance system. And it connects with what really matters to you and what's really valuable to you. And when you're when you reach out and you help people, I have another person who uh, goes for walks one afternoon with the elderly, and she's just enjoying getting to know these people, and and she's finding that she's learning more about herself. Um, intuitive eating brings you out, and and it opens up your life, and it brings you opportunities. Whereas dieting makes people feel badly about themselves, and that's really counterintuitive. Uh, you're so right about that. And while while we're talking about the book, let's give our listeners uh, the instructions for um, for for uh, the free "Am I Really Hungry?" book that we'll be giving away today. So if you're interested, um, dear listener, just um, send me an email at realtalk. That's R E E L T A L K at comcast.net. That's C-O-M-C-A-S-T dot net, and put, am I really hungry in the subject area? Send me that email, and then we will add your your name to a drawing, and then we will have a, a special drawing, uh, and um, we'll be able to announce next week who who won the uh, who won the book. So does that does that sound okay with you, Jane? Sounds great. It sounds exciting, great. and um, it'll be fun. And thank you so much for for donating that book. Now, I know that AJ has some questions, uh, movie-related questions for you, because after all, he is the mad movie man. So, AJ, you're on now. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's my cue. Oh, I forgot about that. That's your cue. That's right. (laughs) That Big Mac put you to sleep, I think. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know, it's 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 working in there. I'm in I'm in bed right now, so I, and I'm all cuddled up with my blanket, and it's all warm and stuff. Distracting me. Sorry about Aww. that. Uh, but Aww. anyway, yeah, it it does sound like you have a Jane. It sounds like you have a a great passion for for food and for getting people to uh, eat not only eat right but to enjoy eating. But as far as uh, movies go, uh, what are some of your favorite film scenes? that uh, show people eating, and uh, why? Okay, that's a great question. Well, one of the ones I love is like Water for Chocolate, 
which has amazing eating scenes where, uh, you know, the the story is that this young woman um, expresses her love by these uh, these elaborate meals that she cooks and prepares. And there's a lot of emotional turmoil when she – my favorite scene is when she serves a dinner and everyone in the family reacts emotionally. And one of the things I like about it is that – Besides that, it's entertaining and fun, especially the, you know, some of them cry and one woman becomes so full of passion she runs off with a bandit. But but the thing that I love about them is that, you know, we have all these emotional connections with food, and that's one reason we like to see people eating in movies. So um, it's it's just it's it's exciting for all of us because we can all relate to that. But sometimes it's really sexy. There's a Japanese movie I love called Tampopo. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It has a lot of scenes in it, but has a very sexy scene where a couple's just gotten married and they're alone in a room and he takes an egg and breaks it and he just takes the yolk and puts it in his mouth. They're standing up and they're kissing and they they pass the the yolk back and forth between their two mouths four times before it eventually breaks in her mouth, which symbolizes the climax. Oh, my gosh. Very sexy. <laughs> so water for chocolate and tamp- tampopo and um, uh-huh. any, any well, other like, scenes that you sure you know what other is a wonderful movie is chocolate with chocolate with uh, Johnny Depp oh, and yeah. I I love that movie because that is an incredible movie because that is a movie about this woman who goes into a, a small French town and opens up a chocolate shop and in the in this town everybody's really uptight and stressed they're very puritanical and they they they're um they're very dismissive of any kind of pleasure of any kind and she eventually gives little chocolate treats to different people and it you can see how because they're enjoying the chocolate, you know, which she is, of course, crafted for each person, it releases stress and it opens up opportunities in their lives. And in fact, when we really connect with our food, we really connect with our bodies and our hearts. And I think it's a great example of that. And it's also a, a romantic and sweet movie. But another oh one that God, I like... That is- I don't leave cho- don't leave chocolate because I have to talk a lot because I mm-hmm. have to say that besides the uh, uh, you know what you've mentioned about the film the chemistry mm-hmm. that Juliette Binoche mm-hmm. and Johnny Depp have in that film is very very exciting they actually sizzle together on screen and I remember reading at the film's London premiere Juliette mm-hmm. Binoche described Depp as my perfect chocolate. He's dark, chocolate, oh. and tasty. <laughs> that's one of my favorites. That's one of my favorites too. But I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead with the next. That's one. quite all right. That's great. Yeah, and and that's so interesting. You know that she called him a uh, food. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 that's the thing. You know, food. And another thing about food is food is love. You know, and yeah. so that that that's a perfect example. There's this other movie called Waitress. Have you seen it? Where this woman cooks pies, and yeah. she's she's very unhappily married, and she wants to get it. She finds out she's pregnant. And she wants to leave her husband. And she makes these unusual pies, like she calls one "I hate my husband" pie, and she calls another <laughs> one um, "pregnant self pity and loser pie." And then and during the movie, she, she has an unlikely affair, and she makes a pie called I Can't Have No Affair Because It's Wrong and I Don't Want Earl to Kill Me Pie. 
And then, and then at the end of the movie, she makes a pie called Falling in Love Pie. So it was a great little movie, great little it was gem a, of a movie. And it starred the the, um, the actress that played Felicity on television. I can't think of her name. Carrie right Russell. Carrie Russell, Russell is her right. name. She was really great at that. These are these are wonderful, <laughs> wonderful uh, movies. Um, did you I see the movie Red? A, did you see Red Tattooey? It was a cartoon. Of course. Yes, the animated movie. Yes, right. that was what that was really that was really fun. Well, and you know what I liked about that is, well, besides that it was great fun, is, you know, there was a little rat that the chef carried around in his hat that told the chef, you know, he manipulated the chef so the chef made these outrageous meals. But I, I think the thing that's that's important about that movie is that anybody can cook. You know, anybody who has a love of flavor and smell can, like, get into the the, the cooking and have fun. Oh, yes, I I. I... I think that that was the the point of it. Uh, we I had uh, posted on uh, Facebook this morning mm-hmm. just a little question asking people uh, what their favorite uh, scenes were of uh, people eating on film. Within about ten minutes, there were, I think something like seven responses, and awesome. I'm just going to go through these just. Uh, because I thought that was so nice of everybody to do this, and I want to thank these people who who responded. Uh, Sharon, the story lady, said that uh, her favorite scene is in Mrs. Doubtfire, when Robin Williams, as Mrs. Doubtfire, puts pepper on Pierce Brosnan's shrimp, even though she knows that he's allergic to it. And, of course, I think that's a wonderful use of uh, film as a weapon, which we have seen in in several movies. Mm -hmm. And then Phil Hall says the pie fight in Laurel and Hardy's Battle of the Century. I don't know that film, so I'm going to have to check that out. Maybe that's a silent film. Jeffrey Chen said any of the uh, food preparation scenes in Eat, Drink, Man, um, Yeah. Woman, which is a Chinese film, and I think that was remade into um, Tortilla Soup. I think uh, Hector yes, Alexander starred, starred mm-hmm. in that, I thought, and that's one of my favorite films. Chris Mansell said the scene when Secundo cooks an omelet in Big Night, Big Night with Tony Shalhoub and Stanley Tucci, wonderful food scenes mm-hmm. in that film. Laura Clifford said, cutting into the timpano, I don't know whether I'm pronouncing that right. Timpano is a is a giant meal cooked in a crust. Another another suggestion of a scene from Big Night, and she thought that was so great. It inspired her to to make one of those timpanos, which are not that easy to make. I guess it's pasta and tomato sauce and hard boiled eggs and cheeses and meats, and they're all cooked layered together and baked in a thin pie crust. Mm-hmm. And she also mentioned the line, "Leave the gun." Take the cannoli, which we decided must must be from The Godfather, and then Morgan uh, Lawrence said the food fight from Animal House. <laughs> of course, oh, that's a classic. Just, it was just a, a madman in that. And Jacqueline Young said the grill scene, uh, the outside grill scene in Tortilla Soup. So mm-hmm. those are some uh, some food scenes. Mine are Gene Wilder as Sherlock Holmes's smarter brother eating chocolates in the film of the same name. It's hysterically funny. He walks into this plush uh, living room where he's supposed to be meeting this very important person, 
and uh, uh, he hasn't come in yet. The person he's supposed to be meeting hasn't come in yet, and, mm-hmm. and Gene sees a box of chocolates sitting on the buffet, and he goes over, and he takes one or two, and he just can't stop, and, he, and, then, <laughs> and then the box drops off on the floor, and then he goes under the buffet, and he starts trying to put the chocolates back in the box, and pretty soon he sees the feet of the guy coming in, and then he looks up, and, and then so he gets up, and he starts, the guy reaches out to shake hand, of course, there's chocolate all over the hands, <laughs> all over the face, <laughs> it's hysterically funny, and the lady in the tramp uh, eating spaghetti together. Oh, Getty, the yeah. romantic strains of Bella Note, the body eating scene in Tom Jones, and oh, yeah, uh, the fake orgasm scene. in a deli scene from When Harry Met Sally. So, so those are my. It's see what I mean. It's never ending. The, yeah, the well, that's that, be, yeah, and you know everyone can relate to food, and they can relate to the pleasures of eating, and they can relate to the the desire to eat. And you know that's one of the things that I, I learned from just uh, working with intuition is that intuition, intuition, a lot of it is about anticipation because it's a way of being clear. And and you know when we when we think about food, basically, especially something we love we're pretty clear about what we like and that's exciting yes it, oh definitely i I think that you're right that you're right about that and of course when we think about these scenes too we think about the the whole movie what you mm-hmm. know i mean these are these are one scenes i i was thinking about uh the uh, tom jones movie which yeah. my aunt thought was something like Huckleberry Finn or Tom Sawyer, and so she took the grandkids to see Tom Jones. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> this body. <laughs> well, you know what's so sexy in that Tom Jones movie? You know, because she's eating an apple and he's eating a big turkey leg, as I recall. But what yes. makes that movie sexy, and it's part of being an intuitive eater, is that they look into each other's eyes while they're doing it. And when you exactly. eat and you're having pleasure and you're looking into someone else's eyes, it's incredibly intimate. And, you know, that's an important thing to remember. So, like, you know, you can create your own eating scenes, even if you're not doing a movie, just by really enjoying what you eat and, like, sharing the pleasure and looking into each other's eyes. And you'll probably eat less and have more fun. Oh, good point. Did you know that that they it took three hours to film that scene, and most of that was extemporaneous. I mean, they had to impro- improvise the eating, and it took three hours to film. And I guess uh, Albert Finney and um, the the woman who acted in the scene with him, I mm-hmm. guess they were they felt the re- the results of that for days afterwards. <laughs> uh-huh. I, you know, it's so interesting because you know, in in films when they have scenes, the food is usually not edible. You know, I guess yeah, if people are really eating it, it. yeah, <laughs> they spray it with things like like uh, hairspray or or they put Elmer's glue on it to make it shiny and things like that. I guess they didn't. That was back in 1963, I think, and maybe they they you think just, they were using the real and deal in Britain in Britain. And then I, when I was thinking about this, uh, the faked orgasms in the deli scene. Yeah, the Harry when, met when Sally. Harry met, when Harry met Sally, and the, the whole that movie uh, about the way that um, Sally, played by Meg Ryan, was right. such a pick, picky eater, mm-hmm. and that was so so funny in that movie because uh, 
I'll, I'll go into a restaurant and I'll, you know, have to have the the bread separated from the cheese, you know, and the uh-huh. <laughs> weird kind of thing. That's why I, I don't go out to eat too often um, <laughs> because I do get the frowns from the waiters and waitresses. But uh, but that was that was so funny to me. And then it was Rob Reiner, the the director's mother, mm-hmm. who said the lot the great line, "I'll have what she's whatever <laughs> what she's, she's having. Had. I want some." <laughs> Yeah, and there's a yeah. plaque now in that restaurant, that that little New York deli. There's yes, a plaque there, there that says, "Yeah, where Harry, where Harry met Sally." Hope you're having what what she had. Or right. Well, I, but, I've actually been there because I live in New York City, and they have oh, actually, yes. they have an arrow at the table, you know, pointing to the table where they sat. Also, yes. yeah, and that that. Film it was just a, a wonderful romantic comedy. It's one of my it was. one of my favorites. Yes. Well, AJ, we haven't been, haven't heard from you here. Do you have any favorite uh, scenes that feature people eating? Yeah, a couple actually uh, popped into my mind. One, the first one I thought of, and this kind of took me way back to my childhood when my dad was letting me watch some movies that I shouldn't have. So for that, Dad, I thank you much. <laughs> Uh, but the first one that uh, kind of popped into my head was The Great Outdoors with uh, John Candy and Dan Aykroyd. And they're all out uh, at the restaurant eating, and John Candy decides to have a go at the old 96er, the 96-ounce steak. And they just, like, go into the freezer, and it's going past all the other meat, and there's this giant hunk of steak just sitting there and... For Betty Joe, I know you're a vegetarian, so watching oh, yes. that would be like a horror movie. Like, no, not the steak. I know, I know. Oh, my God. And you just see him, John Candy, tackling that steak, and you just see him getting more and more queasy. And then he finally <laughs> gets down the last bite, and they're like, you're not done. There's fat and gristle on there. So he just completely gives up. <laughs> That's a good. That is a good one. So, and uh, and the other want... and the other scene that I uh, thought of is uh, it's one that you know it's surprising how involved we get in like just kind of trivial little scenes where uh, food is involved. And uh, the one I thought of was a uh, Spanglish with uh, Adam Sandler. And I forget what's in that sandwich, but he's like up late at night and he cooks like this egg sandwich and he piles on all this cool stuff and then like people just keep coming up to him and talking to him just when he's about to bite on the sandwich so he just about to like just take a bite over and over and he keep he keeps getting stopped and interrupted and i was i remember sitting there going no just eat the sandwich (laughs) go to wasting movies eat it don't stop them we do we do get involved whenever there's something dealing with food on on the screen and that and that is interesting. I wonder if we have any any comments from the uh, chat room or from Nikki about um about this topic. Uh Nikki, do you want to come in now and um give us a report from the chat and see if there are any questions or comments that you'd like to share with us? Sure, I had asked earlier. Um the chat room is full but not very many people are chatting. Somebody mentioned nine and a half weeks, but I can't uh-huh. remember. Oh, that's a great scene. Okay, well, that's that seems to be the consensus right now in the chat. I don't really remember yeah. that. My favorite movie scene was in Julia and Julie and Julia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she has a meltdown on the floor. 
With her chicken. Yeah, I remember that scene. That was a good one. I I had trouble with that film. I I enjoyed I enjoyed it, but it, they they were just cooking you know live things so much that and being a vegetarian, I had a little bit of right. trouble with that with that film. But the, the performances were just out, outstanding. I think. Do you want me to tell you this scene in nine and a half weeks? Yes, please. please. It, it's a scene between uh, with Mickey working Kim Basinger, and she's in front of the refrigerator, and he, he, he. I can't remember if he blindfolds her or he has her close her eyes, and then he feeds her, and he, he feeds her um, honey, that he like drips on her tongue. He has a stick out her tongue, and he just pours some honey on it, and then I think mm-hmm. he also feeds her a strawberry. It's a very sexy scene, and they're just in front of the refrigerator and into the uh, sweet, sticky texture of it all. Doesn't it seem that food, a lot of times food is used to enhance that? And that makes so much sense because, you know, that's the whole point that we eat. Animals just eat for survival, but we eat as part of a social phenomenon, which is why it's good to eat slowly and which is why it can actually enhance your relationships if you not only eat slowly, but if you talk about what you're eating and share the pleasure. And and this will make people eat less and, and actually, you know, can help with weight watching is just Getting into the, the relaxation of eating does open you up for other physical pleasures. There's no doubt about it. How interesting. No doubt, indeed. Yes, it is. It is. And um, I want to take this uh, time to mention again that um, Jane has graciously donated one of her uh, books, Am I Really Hungry?, for our listeners. So we're going to be giving it away in a special drawing so any uh, listener who is interested in taking part in that drawing should send me an email at realtalk, R-E-E-L-T-A-L-K, at comcast.net, that's C-O-M-C-A-S-T dot net, with Am I Really Hungry in the subject uh, line, and let us know that they want to be part of the drawing, and then we will we will add your name t- uh, to to the drawing. Well... Um, Betty, can I just say one thing? Uh, The reason it's called Am I Really Hungry is because when I interviewed people who were uh, intuitive eaters, they asked themselves that question before they eat because sometimes we eat when we're not really hungry otherwise. And so that's a really good question before you sit down to eat or order something or put it in your mouth. Ask yourself, am I really hungry? And you might surprise yourself with the answer. Yes, indeed, and um, the subtitle is Sixth Sense Diet, Intuitive Eating, correct? Do I have That's that right. subtitle That's right? That's very good, yes. I did I did remember that because I just I just love this book and I have it here and refer to it refer to it every day. So thank you again for um giving pleasure. us one to uh to give to our listeners. We really do appreciate it. And I was wondering, um of course movie movie going and food and movies and food we're mm-hmm. talking about. And I was wondering about any advice you have for uh, movie guard, uh, movie goers uh, uh, regarding eating and watching movies because, of course, I have to have my freshly popped popcorn uh, to take into the movie with me. And in fact, the manager at our multiplex, as soon as he sees me come in the door, he's, <laughs> he's instructed his 
concession people put on fresh popcorn. <laughs> so because I won't eat it if it's if it's um, you know not fresh. So. But we, there's a lot of eating going on while you're watching movies. Do right, there's a lot of mindless eating where people don't even know that they're eating. So if you're not getting pleasure out of what you're eating, you're not eating intuitively. And Eddie, but it, oh, yes? I'm so sorry. I actually there's two things really quick, and then I did not mean to interrupt you, Jane. I'm so That's sorry, okay, Nikki. So somebody said, "How about the movie?" And her name is Cousin Linda in the chat room. I like to give her a shout out. How about the movie mm-hmm. No Reservations, where Catherine Zeta-Jones is a chef and one of the patrons keeps returning her steak because it's not rare enough. Finally, in great exasperation, Catherine marches out of the kitchen and slaps a raw steak on her plate. Right, yes. that's a funny scene. Oh, thank you, Cousin Linda. I'm so glad that you mentioned No Reservations. I thought right. that, was, that was such a great movie and the scene, there's another scene where little Abigail Breslin hasn't been able to eat any of this fancy stuff that her aunt mm-hmm. is preparing for her. and then when the other chef played by Aaron Eckhart comes in and just puts a nice big plate of spaghetti in front of her <laughs> she just gulps it down <laughs> <laughs> really cute really cute well, scene it's so funny because you know the first scene with the raw flab of meat just shows you that a lot of times people eat when they're not even hungry or they use food as a way of expressing frustration, as that poor person was who who kept saying the steak wasn't rare enough because they obviously weren't really interested in a well, beautifully prepared steak. They were fighting about something else. Uh. And, and, And so when you're not in tune with your intuition, you make choices that... Make your life much more complicated. Intuition is a form of clarity, and and it helps you know what you're really hungry for. And the that other scene with little Abigail is is so so classic, so 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 classic. Kids know what they want. I identified I identified with that because I could have a little a plate of that spaghetti, you know, every day, and I'd be happy. But yeah, so, you're a big so thank kid. you, uh, thanks, Nikki, for for <laughs> thanks, Nikki, for uh, for for um, coming back in and letting us know what cousin Linda suggested. I the time is going by so rapidly, and this is such fun and so enlightening, Jane. But I promised our listeners that we would also talk a little bit about screenplays because I know you oh, have yes. experience in I that have. area, and I I. I also want to tell you uh, how much I admire the sci-fi screenplay that you completed and let me read. And I'm still waiting for a major studio to pick it up and run with it. So, That's uh, great. If they don't, they're just not, they're just not with it. But uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed on that. So, but do you have I'm any, working on uh, that one too, Betty Jo. Oh, good. But- yeah, but, okay, so I will talk about screenplays. I just want to say you can get um, my book at Amazon or Barnes & Noble or at any Whole Foods store and a lot of bookstores. Um, that right. my really hungry book. But in terms of uh, screenplays, I did have, you had asked me in advance, and if, if somebody wants to be a screenplay writer, one of the best ways to work your screenplay, especially if you knew, is zoetrope.com. That's spelled Z O E. T-R-O-P-E dot com. And that is actually a virtual studio that Francis Ford Coppola started, and I now the whole family, I think, is part of it. It's a great, great um, environment. You can write, do any kind of writing, or you can be, a, you can be into um, any aspect of film 
working and work on this site. The way it works is, for example, if you want to write a screenplay, you have to review four other screenplays before yours can be reviewed. And then people work together. It's a great it's a great resource and it's a way to get noticed because the right people do see this site. And and oh, and also suggestion. Yeah, zoetrope.com is what it's called. And there's also another, um, there's a wonderful screenplay competition where you can get great feedback. It's called Blue Cat Screenplay Competition. And it's just Blue Cat uh, Screenplays. Um, you can go online. They have a competition right now that uh, the, the closing date is November 14th. Um, November 15th, sorry. And it's a website. It's very, very... Um, uh, supportive of the community and there's another um resource called filmmaker magazine which is about independent film and you can get that online and another um resource for screenplay writers or people who want to work in film especially independently is the IFP which stands for independent film uh independent filmmaker project and there, I think there's an East Coast and a West Coast IFP, but you can join it. And once you join it, you get invited to all kinds of lectures by people in the industry, and you also get to, invited to a lot of screenings. Oh, that's those are great suggestions. I I hope um, that uh, people who are want to be screenwriters will will take advantage of those uh, suggestions. AJ, do you have any screenplay questions for Jane? I do, and as a as a lifelong movie fan, at one point or another, I keep thinking that all right, these movies are terrible. I'm gonna write a script of my own, and I start, and I get however many pages in, and it just kind of just kind of sputters out pretty fast. Uh, so when 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 someone's feeling down, uh, how would uh, like what like what would your uh, has been your biggest challenge so far in screenwriting? Because I know you've probably had those moments like the rest of us. Well, well, screenwriting. You have first of all, if you're going to if you want to do screenwriting, you have to really love what you're doing. You have to be totally mm. passionate about mm. it. Um, otherwise, you sh- it it's not really what you want to do. And and the biggest challenge for me as a writer, um, as a screenplay writer in particular, is that. Unlike writing a book or a novel or even a theatrical play, screenplays are all about action. So if you can yeah. put together your script with all thinking, all visuals in your mind, then then you're going to have a compelling story. But if if you find that you're you're getting very wordy, or it, it's not going to work. Um, that's just the way it is. So it's it's about action and it's about emotion and it, screenplay writing. You know, there are a lot of movies that aren't great, and that's partially because it's hard to make a great movie. And oh God, um, the, what, Jeff? Well, I was just going to say it's an art of its own, all its own. Totally. Screenplay writing, I think. Yes. Yeah. It is. And, and we do and, need great screenplay play writers because as as AJ says, we we do, we've had to sit through some <laughs> some pretty bad ones lately. Well, you know, originally the ori- originally movies and you know, like in ancient Greece and just 
plays were really about teaching people about morality or life lessons so that that was instead of going to school, you would go to theater and you would get an insight. And originally films were also in, in, uh, were, were really, the stories were great because there was a lot of meat on the bones of the story. And that's why we identified with them. And, you know, what, what has happened is there's been a tremendous, you know, uh, flow the other way towards sort of trivial or commercial things. But you can even write a comedy, even something like Laurel and Hardy, if you want to go back to something that would on the surface appear inane, often was extremely touching and had a, had a moral and, and had a great story. So if you want to write a great screenplay, first you have to feel passionately about your story and that has to be like the burning desire in you to do it the second thing is you have to think in terms of action because films are about action and the third thing is you have to have a compelling a compelling story oh i think that's right and uh you really have um, have helped us uh, understand what's needed if you if you're going to write a screenplay and and those three those three points are very well said and very well put now where can our listeners find out more about you and your books because we have about the work in a minute here okay well they can go to my website amireallyhungry.com and um if anyone wants to get a hold of me they can do it through there go to the ask jane tab and i'll be happy to write to any person or talk to anyone. I love answering questions, and I, I really like to help people help themselves by just connecting with what they have, which is a wonderful gift of their inner guidance system, intuition. Oh, that I love that answer. I really do, and I hope that our listeners will go to your uh, websites and uh, will take advantage of the of the of the knowledge and enlightenment that you shared with us today, but I see our time is almost up, and I am so sorry about that, Jane. We we probably <laughs> needed more time today uh, because you are such a great guest. Thanks so oh, much thank for you. taking the time to be on our show today. You really My made pleasure. the time go by, and our pleasure for sure. And, AJ, thanks to you for being an excellent co-host again. I hope both of you will come back soon. Uh, will you do that? I think AJ's coming back next week, week but um, Jane, will you come back uh, soon? You know I will, Betty Jo. Maybe we should do something around Christmas time and talk about all the food. Oh, that's, that would be good. I'm, I'm so hungry now. <laughs> oh, it was, it's just been wonderful having you here. This is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support and for featuring this episode as one of today's picks on BTR. Special thanks to Nikki Starr and our chatters and the people on Facebook who made their contributions to the show and uh, through e- email, as well as to all our listeners. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. I sure did. Please come back next time when our guest will be Barry Munish, editor of the Screen World Annals and author of the Encyclopedia of Hollywood Film Actors, as well as Music on Film, West Side Story. I think that'll be another fun and enlightening show. In the meantime, check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks. So here's Brian Ferry to take us out with a song from one of our all-time favorite movies, Casablanca. Mm -hmm. 
A kiss is still a kiss A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things apply As time goes by And when two lovers move They still say I love you On that you can rely No matter what the future brings As time goes by Moonlight and love songs Never out of day Hearts full of passion Jealousy and hate Woman needs man And man must have his name That no one can deny It's still the same old story A fight for love and glory A case of do or die The world will always welcome lovers As time goes by Thank you. 